welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. This is episode one, where we interview designer Marina Moscone, one of my favorite New York-based women's wear designers and friend. Dry Clean Only is a new podcast developed by myself, Kristen Cole, and partner, Christina Ehrlich. Hello, are you there, Christina? Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? What's going on? Good morning. I'm good here in Los Angeles. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm in I'm in New York. I just had breakfast at Balthazar with a friend who we're going to have on the pod soon. And I just got down to Broadway Gallery in Tribeca, which is, um, you know, my husband's gallery, Joe and his partner, Pascal. So they're letting me record today in their viewing room, which is awesome. And Adrian Rubenstein uh, just launched a new show here. It's pretty gorgeous. It's really beautiful and colorful and whimsical. It has fruits and veggies and the New York Times just wrote it up. So um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm checking that out and speaking with you and Marina today. And lo and behold, the biggest difference between LA and New York. It's such a normal thing to just go out in New York and meet somebody at like Balthazar for breakfast and have a coffee. Whereas oh, it's I, the best. I don't, I don't think I've had a breakfast or coffee meeting with somebody in LA in a year or it's, two. It's honestly so strange how different, you know, the, the kind of general pandemic lifestyle is between New York and LA at this point. I mean, we definitely have here, you know, you'll go and you'll stop at like Kings Road Cafe or Earth Cafe and pick up your coffee to go and sure there are people having breakfast, but I'm just saying like, it's especially too in the fall, it's always for when I'm in New York, such a thing where, oh, I'll meet you at the coffee place or I'll meet you at La Cologne or something. So yeah, again, for you, I'm glad in the spirit of it, that at least one of us is getting that experience. Exactly. And you'll be back to New York soon, which will be exciting. Hopefully. Yes, ma'am. All right. So, so you just got back from Miami. You've been traveling um, quite a bit lately, right? Yep, that was my um, second of three total trips uh, where I go into a city like uh, Vegas, Miami, and then Dallas. And I'm traveling with the CEO and founder, Jane Siskin of the uh, contemporary brand Syncaset. Cool. So I was there just for like in and out, like land, spend the night, wake up in the morning, go to Neiman Marcus, have a clinic, a little fashion show, talk to the customer and go back to the airport. Amazing. But it's, fun. it's it's a different it's a different uh, narrative from my normal day job here with yeah. uh, styling, but be it that we are in such a new time and a new culture now with everything in the world, obviously fashion, and the story behind it uh, being such a huge conversation for all of us. It's an interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting thing to do with her, and she's such an icon in her own legend in her own right, and so smart. Cool. Uh, cool. cool. Well, we're all um, we're all trying trying new things, right? All the time. <laughs> Watching how she's, you know, six five years, six years into her brand, and how she cannot make these these garments fast enough. Amazing. What is she known? What is she known for? Like, what's that brand known for? So I would say she's very um, 
she calls it French inspired. Cinque Set is basically the time in France that they call their cocktail hour. So I would say the DNA of her brand is a combination of sort of a woman who travels, a woman who loves travel, a woman who likes lifestyle pieces that have a fashion forward feel to them. She's into comfort, she's into fit, she's into prints, she's into color, she's into wearability. She's into cocktails. <sighs> just kidding. And she's into, you know, no, it's just, you know, when you say that, I thought of her two dresses. I mean, it's such a different side for me from yeah. what I normally do, because if I work with a designer, it's usually to build like a one, a special dress. Yeah. Whereas this is really sort of a foray into understanding how somebody goes into the contemporary market, understands what the marketplace doesn't have, what the marketplace needs. And one of the most brilliant things, and then I'll stop to say is that somebody asked her a question at the end of the show about what would be one of the most um, smart bits of information or guidance. And she said that the secret in this business, as in any business, is you got to have more than one great idea. That's oh, so true. One great idea, but you got to have idea two, three, and four basically ready in your pocket. So, that's so true. Yeah, that's interesting. I so love you, that. I'm telling, I'm telling a story, hopefully, with the styling that we do in this office and what, you know, the women that we style in here are wearing and how they express them in those clothes. So it's interesting with a line that is, you know, very mass produced, uh, who her client base is, and to see a collection like this that can be styled in so many different ways. Mm. And again, that's why I do still love this job, because I'm, I'm always learning. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and what are you wearing today, Missy? Um, I am just wearing a pair of my oversized uh, Oscar de la Renta high-waisted 70s jeans and an old tank top from Cation Adeli and my oatmeal-colored v-neck co cashmere cardigan. Oh my gosh, I love co cashmere. It's so good. So yummy. It's that sweater that you feel like your grandpa had. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so good. I have a number of their um, cashmere knits and I think there's many things I love about Co, but yeah, that's, that's one of their um, best segments for sure. So you know what I'm wearing because we've already made, not made fun. We've already had fun with this sweater, but. You are, you are, you're my inspiration. My, you're my seventies Chloe love story, Allie McGraw hipster fantasy. I'm like, I'm like Marsha Brady goes to the nineties, right? It's, um, kind of, yeah, it's Regina Pio, which is, you know, yeah. one of my favorite designers out of London, kind of indie designer out of London. I love her collection. To me, it's the British counterpart to like Miriam Nasir's a day. I, I wear a lot of both of those collections, but I love Regina's collection. And then I'm wearing it with Marina Moscone um pink wide whale cords today because we're talking to marina and i wanted to you know wear something from her collection and just felt like looking cute today and putting a little bit of effort into my um into my outfit and it's cold here in new york so i'm also wearing uh, a co uh, overcoat a big wool plaid coat which is pretty beautiful as well well so there you go 
Okay, so today we're catching up with Marina Moscone, and we are going to discuss Italy, Italian food, craftsmanship, shirting, and tailoring. Uh, speaking of shirting, um, which, you know, Marina is so known for, and I just love her shirting. It's very, you know, crisp and very kind of formal. It's really chic. Um, but what are your, some of your go-to brands for shirting? Because it's such an important, you know, wardrobe element. Yeah, I would say that shirting is definitely a staple in my wardrobe. And I think a staple in so many women's wardrobe. I always love sort of like the high-low approach. So I'm obsessed with this brand, Frank and Eileen, mm -hmm. as I love all the colors and the shapes and the ease. And it has a real sort of um, uniform feel to it that like it's been a shirt you've had for five years when you just first put it on for the first time. Yeah, those are really easy. I love that. I love frame. I think that frame has got a really cool twist on sort of what the the Europeans from the French and the Italians do with shirting and how Americans do it and they they create these different silhouettes that kind of tap on that whether they're doing an oversized or a fitted or a pinstripe. Um, I like them and then I would say for like more luxe and really just sort of chic it would be Gabriella Hurst cool. and I'm I love all her button down. Gabriella Hearst and the row. I would say both of these brands for like a more top tier um, really have such a beautiful range of like hands, whether it's a cotton or a linen or a silk linen or even a wool or a cashmere or a plaid. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the row. I'd say that like I'm at a point in life where I'm really gravitate towards more of a variety with tailoring shirts than I do like the girly blouses. I still love a girly blouse, but I would say in terms of just like waking up in the morning and wanting to get dressed and wanting to put on something that's like easy and straightforward, nothing beats putting on like a white button down with like just a great pair of black jeans and a pair of shoes and you're out the door. Totally. No, I'm the same way. I'm kind of over, yeah, anything too feminine. And I want like from shirting, I want menswear inspired. I want boyfriend fit oversized. Um, I was going to say uh, the row did something with shirting a while back. It was, you know, one of the last shows I went to at their atelier um, during New York Fashion Week. And it was, gosh, probably like a fall 20 show or maybe I, I can't remember. But anyways, they styled their oversized, you know, men's shirting over um, really tight fitted black turtlenecks and some of them you know were like hooded little turtlenecks and they were so chic and I have stolen that styling move many times since with you know black turtleneck big oversized um you know menzy shirting over it and it looks it looks really good um Ralph Simmons does it yes he does it a lot with that I mean he did it a lot I mean he's always done it whether Jill Sander or Calvin or for his own namesake brand I think there's just something very um, classic and iconic and that somebody's sort of like own personality has to just come through when you dress like that, but that it's less distracting than when somebody has on like, you know, all kinds of multiple things. Totally. How do you feel about the Raf Mucia um, collaboration? Are you into it? I am. I yeah, am. Yeah. I think that um, I think that there's a lot to be said for designers of their elk 
to be at such established um, places in their career, which such different backgrounds, and that when designers come together in collaboration, and it is a successful force and the creativity sort of can evolve together. It's so wonderful to watch that happen because those are two brilliant minds. Totally. And I think that there's something very mathematical and linear and clean about RAF. And then with Mucha, you know, you have a whole different background and sensibility and so brilliant um, from being Italian yeah. and like, you know, the palettes and the mixing, I think she is really at the forefront, whether it's been with, you know, Prada or Miu Miu of always understanding like that raw, exceptional color blocking and how you mix colors and tones. So I, I love their collection. Well, I, I and she's like, that. she's really like the it. queen of, you know, intellectual design and he's, you know, so cool and always, you know, Belgian philosopher. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of an amazing pairing, and it kind of speaks to the total lack of ego on both of their parts, which is super refreshing. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, with shirting, I mean, I always like for you know in the designer category, I always go to Dries, which I love, which is also you know so easy and a, a pretty you know sharp price point for the designer category. Celine, I still love for like super classic. Um, you know, traditional kind of men's inspired shirting. And then Co Essentials has amazing shirting. They have like the boyfriend shirt and just really easy, chic, minimal, classic shirting. And then recently I started buying some shirting from Base Range, which is a line I carried for many years. Um, it's, you know, pretty indie. They do a lot of knits and really great um, undergarments and, you know, just yeah, easy, easy knitwear. Um, but yeah, their shirting is also really simple and just cut very generous and really nice. So yeah. Um, can, I throw okay. one, can I one out there that I thought of that I found a couple years ago oh and I was so love. They're out of um, Germany and they're called O'Day. I don't know this. O D E E H. They're kind, they're very cool, and they do like mixed media and oversized and dress shirting with um, pockets, like side pockets. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I don't know that. Um, so okay, today with Marina, I don't know if she'll talk about it, but I know you know a, a big thing for her is her meditation practice, and you know I believe she talked about that a little bit in her film. Um, that she released uh, during one of the pandemic fashion weeks. Um, but I know you and I, you know, have talked about this. I try to meditate almost every morning when I walk to the water and just like start my day that way. I know you've recently gotten back into meditation. Is that right? Yeah, I have been back into it, I would say, since we really kind of got into the meat of the pandemic. And I will say that meditation is very similar for me to my water intake hmm. which i have good water days and i have bad water days yeah totally. and i find that what i'm trying to do with meditation because somehow it's something that gives me so much pleasure somehow split onto that list of where it feels like a pressure when i think about it the night before now totally and it's just it's kind of a discipline where you have to find that moment in your brain where you know you're ready to wake up but part of you doesn't want to, and that it's it's almost learning how to wake up 
and before being awake, having a transitional period, which is the meditation of going into a different state before you start your day. So I, I would be lying to say that it's not the most helpful way to navigate having a little bit more of a conscious choice to how you start your day. And it's just like anything. It's just like brushing your teeth. It's just something, it's like something you don't really think about, but you do it. Yeah. And I yeah. know most people, cause I have a lot of people in my life that meditate that it's contagious and yeah. once you get into it and it becomes like your friend, you just want more and more of it. Well, it's, yeah, it's like exercise or healthy eating. It's like, if you're doing it after a while, you start to crave it and it becomes a you know good habit. And yeah, I think most of us find it to be pretty transformative. Um, okay. All right. So we are going to loop in Marina, who's probably just about to join us. Um, Marina is in New York as well. She's going to join us on Zoom from her garment district office. And I'm in Tribeca and you're in LA and we'll see how this goes, but I think our recording should be just fine. So I'm going to loop her in. Sound good? Sounds good. Great. How's it going? How are you doing, Marina? I'm doing good. We are doing everything right now. So we're so busy. Uh, what season are you preparing right now? So... We are working on a few things. We're working on pre-fall 22, yeah. which um, shows in, we show that in early December. Yeah. Um, we're also working on a new direct-to-consumer collection of ours. It's like a capsule collection called Uniform. It's um, coming out at the very beginning of December as well, which would, would be like ready to wear and ready to shop. Okay, that's to the consumer this December. Yes, direct to the consumer. No wholesale partners. Um, and we're launching Casa Moscone Casa at the same time. Okay, what is that? What is that going to entail? So Casa is going to entail some beautiful sort of leather valet trays, coasters. You know, following sort of the same techniques that we use throughout the collection, the sort of patchworking and tactility of the hand stitching. Um, it's going to be throw pillows using a lot of sort of Marina Moscone dead stock, like right. hand woven fabrics, um, throw blankets using our dead stock cashmere's, you know, double faced sort of throw blankets to throw over your couch or your bed. Oh. Um, pajamas two styles of pajamas sort of oh night God. shirt I'm and uh all of this. i am too i can't wait i really wanted to build sort of the world of and make it um accessible and attainable to both you know existing and also aspiring sort of mm clients yeah. and i think the direct-to-consumer component um definitely is going to help with that you know, it takes out the wholesale ever, margin. It makes yeah, things exactly. It just makes things more attainable. And the best part about all of this that I, you know, is important to me and to sort of my ethos is that all of this is held to the exact same standard of quality and the exact same um, type and quality of textiles that we already use. Um, so it's not like we're putting out a diffusion line that's, you know, less that's expensive because yeah. it's, yeah. 
Oh, that's, exactly. Oh, that's so exciting. Will the pajamas look anything like your pajama shirt that you sew? They will. The, the pajamas are going to, thank you. The pajamas are going to fit, you know, very similarly to our shirting. Um, cool. So, and we have a range of, you know, fabrications for everything from, you know, silky washables, pajamas to, um, you know, shirting style pajamas and cottons, striped cottons, um, and, you know, some slightly more sort of extravagant silk embroidered versions, but, um, there's definitely a, a nice range there. Well, this is great. I mean, I obviously love your collection for so long, but this is all really, these are really smart, uh, brand extensions. You know, everyone's getting more into the home. We're all spending so much time in the home. I think mm -hmm. it's, yeah. And this more uniform dressing more, you know, sharp, more attainable price point. That's really great. I love it. Yeah. Thank um, you. I'm excited. Circular and sustainable and using old scraps. And yeah, I think that's really smart. I'll have to show you these pillows I have that are you know, they were absurdly expensive, but then I bought them on a really good sale from my friend David's store, The Future Perfect. And they are white. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, they're so ridiculous for my lifestyle with two, you know, young boys and a dog. They are <laughs> white, white leather with white silk fringe all around. Oh my goodness. They're so stupid for me, but um, I love them so much. So I imagine your pillows are going to be pretty exquisite as well. They're going to be very tactile, which is what yours sound like. Exciting. All right, I'll send you a picture of that later. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk to you, well, about so many things today, but last time I saw you, we were at San Ambrose. You were wearing, which is like your, you know, living room, I think, um, <laughs> the, West, the West Village, San Ambrose. Um, but you were wearing an amazing, crisp, you know, white tuxedo shirt from your collection. I'm not sure which season, but I feel like you're always, every time I see you, you're wearing an amazing, you know, crisp shirting. Is that a signature for you? Or can you tell me a little bit about how that has become such a staple in your wardrobe? Of course. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, first of all, you know, just in terms of it being a collection signature, it definitely is. My collection is very, you know, we have a large focus on tailoring, Italian tailoring and shirting. And I, since the very beginning, have been very interested in um, the study of the shirt and, you know, how, how far we can push it and, and that sort of thing. Hence the, you know, exploded silhouettes or the exaggerated buttons or, you know, the funny pipings on the shirting that we put in the collection. Um, and I think for me, just, you know, my day to day, I have such a uniform. I always wear like a black trouser and yeah. a shirt, yeah. you know, of, of some kind. And that's also where the concept of, you know, the direct to consumer uniform sort of stemmed from too, is just these amazing, you know, seven to 10 kind of pieces that I just feel like everyone needs to build the foundations of their wardrobe and, you know, be able to build around. That's so smart. I feel like, you know, as much as it's so fun to try different styles and, you know, get into mm. different moods, it's like when you have a uniform, it just takes so much of the pressure off. And it's just like, you're free to think about, especially for busy women, you're, you're free to think about other things, right? I think that's, you nailed it. Um, and it's also, you know, I read somewhere 
this year, this past year, we make 30 to 60,000 decisions per day. And that's every kind of decision, including, you know, a strong, yeah. important, you know, looming business decision to what color socks we're going to wear. Mm. Um, and I just was thinking if we could take all that energy and just use it for, you know, the things we really care about and want to do, mm. um, the uniform sort of fits the concept there. I don't, you don't want to wake up and stress for 30 minutes about, I don't feel good in this, or I don't want to wear this. You just kind of want your go-tos. Totally. Oh, I love that. That's really smart. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This past year, I've just like, I've worn all black every day for the most part. And it's not because mm. I'm depressed or trying to be moody. It's really just because it works and I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so easy. Exactly. Exactly. So I am wearing pink today. I'm wearing your pink um, wide whale corduroy pants, which I, I should have shown you when we were on video, but um, I love them so much. So I, oh, I love those. I yeah, those are, <laughs> those are such a Kristen pant. Oh my God, I love these. They're so, so cute. Um, all right, so we talked a little bit about shirting. Um, what would, how would you describe your personal style in, in three words or less? Oh, um, I think discreet um tactile and probably um uniform <laughs> yeah I love that I like this great I always think of your collection as being very elegant and you know that's one one word that comes to mind when I look at your collection including I should say the the dress that I really want from your collection right now which is that it's on essence it's a scoop neck black um, satin dress. It's so incredible. You, what is this called? It's a, it's like a big scoop neck, long sleeve, like flute. Oh, that is just our simple sheath, long sleeve sheath dress, um, cut on the bias, oh just kind of skims over the body. Nothing I do is like, you know, form super form fitting mm -hmm. or you know, super intense. It's just tailored and, and naturally wasted kind of, you know, gives you the shape, but doesn't make you feel constrained. I, that's an amazing kind of fall transitional fall winter sort of piece. Yeah. It's so chic and very into that. Um, all right. So tell me about, so speaking of San Ambrose, so you did a presentation there for resort 22. How did, how did that come about? Was that just a natural extension of you love it there? Or what were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> Um, you know, I resort 22, we were, we did like three or I forget like four collections in like heavy sort of COVID lockdown times. And I wanted to do something that was, you know, just optimistic. I wanted to go back to a place that was fun and, and sort of had personal meaning, you know, we can, we can always, and we have, you know, all of us have always done a show and slapped a 30 looks somewhere that, you know, doesn't necessarily have meaning. I think what I wanted to do was do something personal and invite people into sort of a personal feeling. Um, when I moved to New York 14 years ago, that became my home away from home pretty instantly. You know, the, I, I'm Italian, South African. I grew up with a lot of influence from both cultures. So, you know, the food, the coffee at Santembre is not overcomplicated, pretty authentic, really delicious and consistent. And it always felt like home. I didn't have friends, you know, when I moved here and I, I didn't, it didn't come easy to me. So, and pre COVID, you know, we had all of our show party dinners there and our after party dinners and 
it's kind of a gathering place for me. Um, when we, you know, and when we resume in hopefully the post COVID world of tomorrow, I'm sure we'll be back to doing the same, but I've had, you know, the best conversations and moments and encounters with my people, my friends, my family at my little corner there. And I just, um, yeah, I wanted to do something that just felt right. Yeah. It felt, well, it feels very authentic. Yeah. To you and to the brand. And I do, you know, as much as it's beautiful to see, you know, these clothes on the runway and all white spaces and whatever, it is kind of nice when you see collections in the real context where they're going to be worn and Mm -hmm. seeing Rena Moscone in a chic little West village cafe feels right. You know? Yeah. And by the way, those were all my friends and in the background there, like having breakfast while we were doing the shoot. They're all in the lookbook. So, um, okay. Let's see. So speaking of, yes, an Ambrose, an Italian, you're a great orderer, which I love. I love women who eat, especially women in fashion who know how to eat and <laughs> order. Um, so tell me in, in New York, what, where are your go-tos for Italian food? I mean, I have mine, but I'm curious what yours are outside of San Ambrose. Well, apart from Sant'Ambrose West Forth, um, I'm a pretty regular at Isodi. Me too, um, I love Isodi. Yeah, it's just so good. And again, you, you know, I think Rita has such like an unwavering, it it, it really all ties in, you know, she has an unwavering sensibility um, into all the places she develops, all her restaurants. Um, You walk in and it's not about pomp and circumstance. It's not about the decor. It's simple. It's elegant. And the food is not really messed with. It's just really good. Um, so that's another top one for me. So if you don't see me on West Forth and Perry, you probably bump into me on Christopher at Isoni. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another place I discovered last year. Um, there's a wine bar that's not Italian per se, but they have an amazing selection from many Italian producers and they're all natural and biodynamic wines and it's called Rodora Wine Bar and it's in Green uh Fort Green in Brooklyn. Check that out. That sounds really good. Excellent. Do you ever eat at Via Carota? I love Via Carota and um that's another Rita Sodi place. Yeah. And Bar Pizzellino, all of those spots I, I really love. It's it's truly an authentic experience. I know the West Village has a really strong, like little vibey Italian game for sure. It does. Um, Okay, so let's see. So I was just talking to Christina this morning about your, uh, the film that you, um, you know, did for, uh, what was it? The Looming film, it was for which? It was for, um, oh my gosh. Wait, I had a note because I just watched this. I think it was Spring 21. Spring 21. Well, at least Christina knows because I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait. And I'm like, I know this. I just watched this oh too. Um, Spring 21. Tell us. I know that obviously happened during the pandemic, but I think so many, I think I really do think that film resonated with a lot of people. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about The Looming and what brought this film about? So, you know, we had come, that, that was probably, um, what, we probably filmed that, I don't even know, I can't even remember, six months into the pandemic. Um, you know, we closed in March our office. I had just come back from Paris. I was like the last of the fashion flock to return to New York. And um, we, we came back, we, our office closed November, March 13th. I had no idea what was going on. I just said, yeah, guys, take your computers home just in case, you know, something happens. And, um, and we didn't go back for a few months. And what we did was um, for me and Francesca, my sister and partner, it was really important that we kept people feeling safe. Um, we kept people feeling motivated and doing what they love. And, you know, we didn't sort of instill fear or anything. We just wanted people to keep going and have a sense of purpose from home. Um, well, and you kept people employed, which is so commendable. And I know so, you know, many responsible, especially women business owners who really kept things afloat when, you know, a lot of people wanted to cut and run and, you know, Act, act out of fear. And I think it's really amazing and, and commendable. Thank you very much. That was, that was very important to us. My people, you know, fashion's not an easy job. My people have given me so much. They've given me all nighters. They've given me late nights. They've treated the, their projects like their, their own company. Um, and I, I had to do that. For, I, I wouldn't have felt right if I had handled it another way. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, we all separately worked from home on Zooms, on FaceTimes all day long. Um, I bought the parts to a loom and thought, okay, all of our mills have shut down in Italy. All of our raw materials are inaccessible right now. Nobody's at work. So I built this loom and I started weaving fabrics using our dead stock yarns and dead stock cuttings of fabrics from an archive storage that we had. Um, so I would like walk, you know, walk to the storage and come back, pull out, pull out as much as I could, come home um, and just weave. And then that, um, that our whole first collection in lockdown, which I think was Resort 21, I want to say, was all about basically hand weaving um, and the tactile approach to that hand quilting and that sort of thing. Um, I love that. That's so incredible. And it must be really gratifying to be able to produce something like that with your own hands. It was that, and it was that, it was also, you know, like, okay, we are nimble, we are agile, we, mm -hmm. we can do this, we can adapt. Um, and I think the, the film, the point was to show people like what we really do, because every season with every collection, we do something that's very tactile and hands-on. We've done the hand marbling, we've done dip dyeing, we've done bleach splattering, and we do it ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. And I just kind of, I wanted to share that in an uncertain time. I thought it would bring some opti optimism. I love that. I remember your hand marbling collection. It was so incredible. I mean, just <laughs> really <laughs> such incredible um, pieces. Uh, how is your lovely sister, Francesca? How is she doing? She's, she's great. Work, yeah. work and life are good. Work and life are good. You know, we work together. We live together. We come from the same yeah. family. <laughs> how, do you, um, how do you guys handle that and hold, hold that all together? You know, we have a six year age gap. So mm -hmm. 
um, it's in, funny because growing up, we were never really in the same part of our lives. Yeah. Um, six years apart, you just don't go through the same things at the same time. But um, we are two very different people with two, and we do, we do two very different things in our organization, but we have really the same common goal. Yeah, and so exactly. And, you know, I always kind of focus on the big picture aspects we both do of our relation, working relationship. It's that she can do what I can't do. I can do what she can't do. And yeah. we really both bring those strengths to the table that the other person doesn't possess. And I think at the end of the day, if she does well, I do well. And if I do well, she does well. You know, she's my sister. I couldn't ask for a more trusting, trustworthy partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so nice. I love it. All right. I have two, two, you know, funny, funny questions left. And then I'm going to pass the mic over to Christina, who has a few questions for you. Um, sure. But this one. Um, all right. Who are a few of your kind of forever style icons, women or, you know, people that you come back to time and again? Let me think. So I never know how to answer this question. I think, okay. I just thinking Go of people. I Go back to your video because you nail it in your video. In my video, that's right. You know, I look at, I mean, Lee Radswell, of course, mm -hmm. because if you put her in context of what's going on today, it's still so elegant and timeless and, to and just completely fits. Yeah. Um, I think Manuela Pavesi, super Italian, offbeat, sort of quirky, but super chic. Italian style and and not really afraid to play and take risks and find the joy in fashion. Um, Carolyn Bassett probably because I think discretion is ultimately the most stylish mm -hmm. thing. And I and I there was an air of discretion and just such pared down beauty there. Restraint. Yeah, I know. I try to channel restraint all the time. I love that. Mm. Sorry. Easier said than done. <laughs> um, yeah those are great awesome um all right lady I'm gonna pass this over to Christina who has um some other questions for you yay hello and morning I good morning just doing the dive that I did in preparation for today I was just like it's so crazy when you find women that you really feel are like in your tribe in terms of the way they're thinking and creating and even just writing down notes, like sort of how your mindset approached the pandemic um, was so identical to how I approached my business that uh, it's just really fun and exciting to see creatives in different, you know, uh, categories and how they have like-mindedness, especially now, uh, being wherever we are, what, close to a year after? Pandemic? Yeah. Okay. But so I'm honored and really excited and I love everything you and Kristen just touched on. Um, I guess my first question will be for you is who are you dressing celebrity wise right now or who's worn your collection recently? Or oh, wow. Easier, um, who would be in the world of actors and artists sort of like your core, a core audience for you at this moment? So, well, we've had, you know, a nice, I mean, we've had kind of an amazing sort of range of VIPs and celebrities, everyone from 
Mrs. Obama, who I make custom clothes for, to literally like Miley Cyrus, to Naomi Watts, to Kendall Jenner. You know, it's a super big range. (laughs) It's a big range. And, you know, I think when I was when I was young and I used to go before I had this brand and I used to go shopping with my mother, we would separate and then we'd come back with the same picking, having picked out the same things. And I, I think, um, the celebrity dressing the range there just sort of speaks to that too. Um, you know, I want the clothes to be sort of open to the the context of any woman's life. And I, and I want it, you know, I, I want them to be comfortable for sort of all women. Um, all ages, all bodies. So um, I think uh, the celebrity, the celebrity element sort of really shows that. And it's, it's kind of nice. Love that. Love that. And, you know, too, for me, even though I come from, you know, the vocation of being a celebrity stylist, when I use like the term celebrity, I think it's more like, you know, people that are just on topic right now, not just like actors. Um, Okay. Tell us about your process for custom and for special orders and like how, how you approach doing projects like that. And if you enjoy doing that. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I actually do love custom projects and they really range. It can be custom, you know, that comes from, you know, just a a custom sort of private client that we have. Um, and it can be, or it can be custom bridal, or it can be custom from someone like you, Christina, you know, for a VIP or someone on topic right now. Um, I, I really love custom because it means someone's coming to you because they want their own sort of piece of the Marina Moscone DNA. And when you do custom, you really, I at least, really get to know each client um, through the process, especially brides. So, you know, what I make, what I end up making for them and designing for them is so singularly theirs and suited to their sensibility. So, I I mean, it is a process that I really love. No, because I just want to interject this uh, as an addition to this question, because you're so into tactiles and the textures and the fabrics, is there a particular fabric that you've ever worked with for a wedding dress that would be very much considered like not of the norm? Like, did anybody um, ever want like knit, a knit wedding dress or a wedding dress that felt like shirting? You know, I have tried to give people like a tailored leather wedding dress <laughs> or um, a knit wedding dress. And we've done it for... Um, like the night before dinner type of thing and that sort of thing. Um, we've, you know, I just did a wedding. Um, it was incredible. Um, we basically, the brides, two brides, they had um, sort of all these motifs in their, I guess, wedding branding, I'll call it, you know, on their invitations, on on their logos, on everything that were so... Um, you know, customized to them and their relationship. And we just did a wedding where we hand embroidered on a grand, like super elaborate twist cape instead of a veil and all along the dress, all these motifs using very different kinds of yarns and, you know, cashmere yarns and, and tactile fuzzy yarns mixed with crystals and, and beading and all of that. So that was extremely. That's what I'm talking about. 
That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That is fabulous. And I'll tell you, I mean, my whole mode has been lately that it's all about capes. I think all of mm. us, anybody who's survived and is thriving and coming from an authentic place should be rocking their life with a cape. Oh my God. So, I love that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always tried to throw a cape then. Marina's twist capes, which are mostly what in silk or satin, right? Yes. Are incredible. They're like the most beautiful, chic. I mean, they're so incredible. I, I actually don't know how I don't have one, but I think they're that's an amazing evening wear that's so, so signature. But yeah, so elegant. I love those. Thank you. We'll probably have a whole second thing just on capes. But all right, <laughs> so I want to follow up and talk more about crisp white shirting. How do you okay. like style your shirts? I'll tell you how I style them and just, I mean, already hearing how you were speaking to the other areas that you're going into with the pajamas and all the home stuff, I think I can already understand your answer, but just like, what would be in terms of your uniform mentality about waking up and being able to just have it be easy? How does your brain sort of associate with like the shirt dressing as a part of your uniform every day? You know, I just kind of, um, something about a uniform that just makes you feel I guess there's a sense of belonging. There's that sense of comfort, you know, think about kids going to school uniforms and they, they look like everyone else. They, they fit, they feel themselves, they fit in, um, in that sense. So I just, I have yet like, yes, it's fashion and it's a runway brand and all of that, but I have a pretty discreet sort of relaxed sensibility. I always want to be comfortable. I don't want tight things on me. I don't want to think about adjusting my clothes, you know, while I'm working. Um, I, I, I tend to just go for this, you know, sized up shirt, this kind of exploded silhouette. And usually, um, usually we have really unique sort of buttons that are maybe hand-painted leather or a mohair piping or a sort of bijou button, something really quirky on a very classic Menzi striped cotton. Um, and I, I always do like a black cropped trouser with it. And one of our, one of our either boots or kind of lug sole mules or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, because we're, we're, I'm so sort of immersed in tailoring. I, I always do either a big boyfriend blazer, you know, which is a more Menzi silhouette or the Basque blazer, which is a more wasted sculpted silhouette. Um, with that. And I just, I don't think twice about it. I just feel like I can go and I can, I can work. I can do things after work. I can socialize. I feel most myself and most comfortable. Well, I think that we might've been sisters in a past life because <laughs> I will tell you that all of the reasons and ways that you describe the white shirt, I feel completely similar and I'm always going a size up I always love the idea of just being able to get up and throw on a button down and a pair of pants, whether I'm in LA or New York, and then how, you know, you put that other piece over it to make it a little bit more unique to the day. And when mm -hmm. I think of like, you know, people also, I'm sure you would love like, you know, Peretti and Carolina Herrera and of course. who just made the white shirt so iconic and like Carolyn Bissett, her hair down dressing was just on it, you know, bar none, the most poetic in the most simplistic way. So I think that 
I can't like wait to old, the old like Peter Lindbergh, you know, all of the just like the classic white men's shirt, you know, with nothing. It's just Brit also too, yeah. just shooting the white yes. shirt. For me, as a stylist, when we are packing up our kits and getting ready to go to shoots, besides from having whatever like the looks are, we have like our kit staples and button down shirts. You you dare you show up to a shoot without like a range of like what white button downs. And usually the photographer will say, we just want to get that really effortless. She just woke up and threw on her boyfriend's shirt feeling like she's just getting out of bed. And I have a whole rack here in my office of white shirts from like old and Mulemeister to all of these things. So I think it's, I love the psychology behind it because I think too, there is such a freedom in uniform dressing and uh, you really just listening to you talk about it, it. It's great. Well, you guys nailed, that's just it. You both, um, you both are right. And what I try to do, you know, with my collection, the whole thing, you know, every piece is that I look at it and I think, you know, is this open to interpretation? Maybe we'll show it on the runway with a heel and make it look evening, but can it be day? Um, it's the same with the white shirt. I can go from my office to a flight, to a dinner, to a breakfast, you know, to hang out at home. I can do it all in my white shirt. And my, the most important thing is that it's open to it, interpretation and it fits the context of sort of these women's everyday lives. And then just to, to finalize this, because I'm so excited to share this with you. My mother's from Bologna and my father's um, oh. American. So just as like a, a fun little thing, when I grew up, I learned so young, for better or worse, my mom came from this very classic Italian thing where like it's the shoes and the bag and the button down classic shirt. And I was just like raised that way to where like those are the staples that like sort of tell its own story. So I really understand like having the South African and Italian heritage, it mm. gives you this sort of like mix where I'm you know, sure like the whole looming and all the weaving comes from then with the more traditional and sort of classic side of the Italian part. And wouldn't you say that shaped, you know, just growing up and seeing that and seeing the detail and the appreciation for it has, you know, shaped the, the road you've taken as well? I mean, it has, it's what gets me out of bed every single morning, mm -hmm. How morphed into being a celebrity stylist. I still question that, but <laughs> you know, getting to hear, um, it's all of the details. And even like you talking about that one button, what was the word you just used? You used but, uh, such a beautiful word to describe a button that you used. Oh, a bijou button. Or... Come on. Wait, Christina, one thing, not to interject, but I just wanted to, I forgot to touch on Marina, where I know you produce, you produce in New York and in Italy, right? Correct. Okay. What region in Italy? So we do all of our tailing, tailoring in Napoli, Naples. Um, it is such a cool city. Um, so all the tailoring is done there. That is where the Italian master tailors are from. It is in their the, the Naples DNA. Um, and then we do knitwear kind of little bit of a range from you know Milan to Florence and then we we do shoes in Venice um that's the specialty area for the type of shoes we do okay thank you okay yeah I was gonna say have those lug sole mules come in yet I you're first on my list when they no, do I keep asking you about them <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited okay share a little bit about what brought you to fashion what brought me to fashion is you know 
similar to you, I suppose. You know, I grew up in this multicultural household where, you know, we would spend our summers in Italy and um, I would watch back in those days, you bought your clothes, you know, four to six months ahead. There was no buy now, wear now. Um, and I would watch sort of my mother and my father buy their clothes for the year ahead um, in these ateliers and shops, you know, across Italy and Rome and Florence and kind of all over. And every touch point, whether it's the tailor, the designer, the store associate, they had such a pride in the, the part that they were involved in and such a care and pride for the clothes and the quality of the clothes and it was ceremonious in a way and I I think it was just in my DNA since then and you know when I was three I knew this is what I'm going to do I'm going to be a fashion designer um and I think if you have a dream you absolutely have to do everything you can to go after it because if you know what you want to do you are you are one of the luckiest people in the world and I think, you know, that's what keeps me here. I, I, I have never doubted it. Um, we've, we've gone through hell and high waters and, you know, the last couple of years hasn't been easy, but I, I'm not going to go anywhere. I love that. Well, I love that because you also answered another question. So I think that just, you have to have like a dream and a direction is, is great. Yeah. What about Instagram? I, just to touch on that lightly. Oh my God. I just gave it up and I passed it to Francesca's assistant. I'm so happy. And I'm so relieved. You must have so much more time on your hands now. You know, do you know, I look at my phone, I look at the um, screen reports and I look at my phone two hours, two hours and a half a day. That's it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's crazy. That thing at the end of the week, I always kind of like judge myself for it where it's yeah. your, your phone time has been up blah, 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 or your phone time has been down. And I'm always yeah. like, what is, what additional information is this really trying to give me? Do more, do less. Exactly. Like something right it's in the shaming you. It is. Yes. Put down your phone. Put down your phone. It's shaming us. That, that's was the motivation behind getting off Instagram. So good. Well, then but, we won't, we won't ask you who this? your favorite follow is. No, I but I'll tell you, you this. I'll get to go on your Instagram now because after watching the video that I watched a few times, because I really, when you hit on Pina Bausch, I was like, okay, this girl's got me deep and hard here. Um, love Pina Bausch. I, I, I love the Instagram though for the sense that like, now I know that on your feed, if I want to learn more about some of the artists that have inspired you, that on your feed, I can find that information. And as somebody who's always frantically writing things down, that I would say we have to give Instagram credit for because it's always to help you with that stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Marina. I'm going to stop recording in one minute, but thank you, Marina. Thanks for joining us today for our conversation with Marina Moscone. You're listening to the first episode of Dry Clean Only with Kristen Cole and Christina Ehrlich. To learn more about Marina Moscone, go to her website, marinamoscone.com, Instagram, or Vogue Runway. You can shop her collections on her site, Moda, Bergdorf, Essence, Neiman Marcus, and Saks. Please subscribe to our pod on Spotify, Apple, or Google. 
follow us for episode updates on our Instagram, Dry Clean Only Pod. We will be publishing on a bi-weekly basis until we hit our stride on this thing. In the first several episodes, Christina and I will interview each other from our practice and have conversations with New York and LA-based designers we love, as well as a very seasoned vintage collector. Any and all feedback is very welcome. DM or text us and have a great day.